podcast guests, listeners, viewers, I'm hanging out with two amazing, amazing gentlemen. Yep, two this time, not just one guest. I'm hanging out with the co-founders, William Norville and Benit Rajan, and we have an absolute blast talking startups, talking health and wellness, talking a lot of different things. I think there's some controversy around whether ice baths are a good thing or bad thing, not for the health benefits, but just the mental sanity of you know, actually getting into cold water. But these guys are great. We talk a lot because William comes from a unique background of living on uh, the investor side. And then now all of a sudden he's, you know, a co-founder and a flip side of, you know, uh, receiving capital and raising capital and going through that. Um, but these guys just have an amazing, amazing business designed around helping people uh, just care, care for their soul and improving their lives and wellness. And um, this, this uh, just their backgrounds, their stories, and the impact that they're trying to have is amazing. I'm just honored to have gotten the chance to spend some time with them. Shout out to Aaron Mason for making the introduction. And uh, I'm just I'm just all around stoked uh, to have gotten to know these guys. So, uh, Vinit, William, thank you so much for the impact that you guys have both in your business, uh, as fathers, as, as uh, spouses, and as just guys that are out there trying to make the world a better place. Uh, I hope everybody enjoys this podcast just as much as I did. Vinit, William, thanks guys so much for being a guest on this podcast. I'm excited to uh, excited to hear more about you guys. Thanks for having us. So much uh, fun, this, Matt. Thanks to be here. This came to be from uh, a lovely introduction. I got to give a shout out to Aaron Mason, who uh, originally made the introduction to these guys. I'm excited to uh, you know dive in deeper, but got to give much love to Aaron and all that he's got going on too. So uh, guys, you know, I, you guys have some awesome things going on right now in the business world and the startup world, and I, we got a lot to talk about, but just to get started, do you guys mind giving your background, your stories, kind of a little bit more about you? Totally. I'll, I'll jump on that first. Um, I'm Vineet. I uh, came to U.S. when I was five from India, grew up just outside of D.C. in a town in Maryland and was a high school senior when 9-11 happened, uh, which changed my life and I think arguably a lot of people's lives. Uh, ended up trying to join the Marines the week after, uh, got a scholarship, went to school in Philly where I met my wife and then spent the next 11 years after graduating college as a U.S. Marine Intel officer, served in Iraq and Afghanistan on Capitol Hill in the Pentagon. And my last job was an exchange officer with the British Intel Service. Um, um, after that, I went to school uh, and met William while at school, at graduate school. Uh, it, just as importantly, if not more importantly, I, I married my lovely wife, Sundia, of 15 years. And I have two wonderful children, uh, Nehemiah, who's nine, and, and our daughter, Neela, who's seven. And we're back in Maryland. So that's me in a, a very quick nutshell. Yeah, I'm, I'm typically uh, not short-winded, so, you know, settle in, Matt. We'll see where this goes. <laughs> Long for the ride. Uh, I love it. <laughs> you know, uh, born in Mississippi, uh, raised mostly uh, in Alabama, but along the southeast. Um, uh, went to Alabama undergrad, uh, which is uh, which is an amazing experience. Um, been in finance most of my life, so uh, did 10 or 15 years, more or less, in various parts of predominantly private equity, but uh, also dipped my toe in some, some venture capital angel investing world. Um Moved out west uh, to Stanford uh, Business School in 2010, and I've kind of been stuck here since, mostly because of my wonderful wife. Um, she asked me on our first date. After I realized that she didn't know where Tennessee was, uh, I knew I was in trouble. And she said, yes, like, unless you have a very logical reason, I plan to stay here for the rest of my life. I was like, okay, so let's order dinner and see where that goes. Um, it went to eight years of marriage, and we have a, a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a one-year-old. 
and uh, that's been really fun. And uh, so it's been a lot of fun. This is my first uh, real uh, entrepreneurial journey alongside Vineet. He said we met out here in California, and I'm still here, and uh, he escaped back to the D.C. area, but it's been a fun journey. I love it. I love it. You guys got some awesome, unique stories. So, uh, William, you mentioned this is your kind of first entrepreneurial swing. Vineet, where where do we stand? Is this number one, two, three, 10, 20? Where where are we at on that? This would be my second, but this is my first one where I get to really work alongside a partner like William and um, really just chase after a huge dream in a real way. So this is, I would say this is my first real entrepreneurial opportunity. I love it. I love it. So, you know, for you guys, obviously, uh, I, I think we will have a lot to chat about kind of current environment, but, you know, as far as the approach to launching a company, launching a business right off the get go, what would you say was exactly what you expected and what would you say was a total shock? So William, you know, for your perspective, being involved in a company like this, what what is what is a total surprise to the business world and, and the startup world, and what is kind of exactly what you expect? And Vinny would love your your, your take on that too. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, Eighteen months in, um, I would say what I carry every day. You know, I would put it in that category of people can tell you about it a lot, right? They can tell you what it's going to look like, what it's going to feel like, what living in ambiguity uh, looks and feels like, what carrying the weight of an organization and people that you've convinced to leave jobs elsewhere or to come join your team. Um, but I just don't know if you can empathize fully until you sit in that chair. And so, you know, I was an investor for a long time. I sat in a lot of board meetings. I, I weighed in on uh, big decisions, uh, but I didn't usually have to live out the consequences of those decisions every day. Right. And, um, I would just say, you know, not in a, an hour's way necessarily, but just, it's always on your heart and on your mind, you know, um, you know, when you're in a fundraising season, for instance, you know, of, gosh, what if, what if we can't pull this off? I mean, I have to go tell these people and it's totally on me. Um, for us, you know, we've gone down a venture path as well. So that binary result, is something I haven't lived with a lot either, right? If you know, we're going to, and it's not as binary as people say, there's other ways to, to make money and bridge rounds and all those things. But at some level, you know, the company's either going to be successful or it's not. And uh, most of my investment life was more in, hey, a bad year, you know, you 20% off revenue and everybody might have to take a pay cut, but you're not shutting the company down, right? And um, so going towards that new, innovative, let's try to make a dent in the world. And if we don't, like all we have to show for it is experiences and people and people that uh, we got a really joyful ride with along the way. Yeah, that's good. I, I mean, like William said, there's um, 18 months feels like a very short time, but also feels like a lifetime <laughs> uh, as I reflect back on that. I, I mean, what I'm surprised by is actually, so I spent about 11 years in the Marines and I had the privilege and honor of leading people into combat in both Iraq and Afghanistan. And that's a pretty formative experience for anybody. Um, and I never thought that actually I could ever replicate that kind of feeling of a tight knit relying on each other kind of team, the camaraderie there, and then being able to go after big vision and mission and like really trying to solve a problem. Um, in the fast pace of that world, all that in many ways translates to what I'm experiencing today, right? I love our team. It's one of the most important things to me um, is to wake up and work alongside William and other people who are just fabulous at what they do that I would love to just hang out with them. They're just amazing people. 
And I get to, I, I am so fortunate and blessed to do that every single day. And that's pretty amazing. And that, that, that fills my cup in many ways, right? To be able to be on a tight net team like that and go after a big mission and vision and see people's lives change for the positive. So that I'm surprised at how much of that translates from my previous life to this life. And I'm really grateful for that. What shocked me is that I'm, you know, again, in my previous life, I was very accustomed to making decisions under, under, under uncertainty. Some of those were in some ways, heavier decisions to be made. But to William's point, gosh, every decision at this stage of our company feels like a monumental decision. Um, and so William and I sit with that in ways that I wasn't expecting. And so I'm still learning alongside William how to bear that appropriately, how to carry that well, and how to recognize what are the things that we can positively uh, affect and influence and what are the things that uh, candidly are out of our control. So I'm still learning how to do that. Yeah, I love that. So Vinit, specific question for you, you know, the military is all tailored around, you know, rigor, structure, uh, you know, sticking to hierarchy. There, there's so much related to that. And the startup world, although those disciplines and practices are incredibly important, is like complete utter chaos and living in a world of ambiguity. How do you balance sort of, you know, going from 11 years in the Marines where it's so much structure to now you live in a world where it's, you know, by nature, not structured at all. How, how do you balance that? Well, I would just challenge. I guess that. also, which you prefer? I'd be curious. Yeah, I, I would actually. I would. I would turn that that question or assumption on the side a little bit, right? I don't know if anything's more chaotic than combat. I just don't, right? Like, I mean, unfortunately, there are people trying to kill you, uh, and they have a vote. Um, and so, if you're on, if you're in, you know, the, if you're in Marja in Afghanistan, and there's people surrounded you and trying to kill you, or or in Ramadi in Iraq, I, I can't imagine anything more chaotic than that, actually. Um, so I would say those kinds of those kinds of experiences, being in combat or being in the Marines or being in the military in general, actually that structure enables you to dynamically adjust to the chaotic environment you happen to find yourself in that moment. And so actually, I feel like the, the service is a great breeding ground for a startup because you get to rely on one another and actually on at the ground level, and we're going to hold aside you know senior ranking people for a second. At the ground level, what your teammate does fundamentally affects the outcome of that mission and your life. And in the startup world, actually, now, thankfully, no one's going to die here, right? But, th but thankfully, um, the teammates that we have here fundamentally affect the outcome of our, of our mission, of our team. And I have to fully rely on William, and William has to fully rely on me, and we rely on all, all of our teammates at, at Paraclete to be able, actually, to execute on the things that we've given to each other. Right. So actually, it's a it's a really great um, uh, good metaphor or good training grounds for what we're doing here. That being said, what you asked me, what do I prefer? I love I love this experience exactly for those reasons, because no day is the same. William and I will wake up, we'll, we'll, we'll get on our first call together and we're like, well, everything that we're going to do today is going to be fundamentally different than yesterday. And it's going to be different than tomorrow. And I really enjoy that excitement, actually, with William and the rest of the team that we get to actually have a real direct influence on what's going to happen right now in this moment with our customers, with our, with our employees, with the people we get to work alongside. And I think that I would prefer this than, you know, for at least for this season of my life, than working in a very large bureaucratic organization where I don't get as much influence with my teams on what's going to happen. So that, that's how I'd answer that question. Yeah, I, I, I love that. That's such a good response. And also, fair point, I think combat's a little bit more chaotic than just obviously the, st the st structure of the military. So no, I think that's I think that's an awesome point. 
Um, William, question specifically at you. So obviously living on the investment side and, you know, seeing deals on the other side of the house, how, how do you balance like, so as an investor, it's, it's I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's cleaner to say, hey, you, you put some time into this opportunity, you put some time into this sales path, you put some time into this product market fit and it didn't work, cut bait, move on. But as an entrepreneur, part of it is just like powering through and moving on. So how do you sort of tug on both of those sides of, you know, you got to keep going, keep going, keep pushing. And so much about entrepreneurship is just surviving another day in grit. But then the flip side of that conversation is how do you balance, you know, time to cut bait and move on from your investor hat? How, how has that worked for you? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, as you as you think about it, I mean, the main thing that I think is different with your investor hat on is you is you're diversified, right? Like you have many companies you've invested in. And so that logic can, and once again, I, I work mostly in private equity. So, you know, there, there was no, um, hey, that company's just going under, move on, don't invest anymore, right? I, I didn't really have that experience. There was always something to salvage. There was always uh, something to build. We bought companies that already had a great base, but but there still was, hey, let's, let's spend a little less time over there because one of our winners is running. Right. And so that's where we need to really invest because that's where this fund is going to get its returns from. Right. And so you can segment things a little bit. Uh, obviously, here we are incredibly overweighted to one idea and one product and one company. Um, so there is no, uh, you know, the only cut bait would be to leave the company, which isn't uh, really, you know, necessarily something Benita and I are going to do right now. Um, that being said, I mean, I think the logic of, I mean, it, it's tough, man. So you hear so many startup stories, right? Of like, hey, we, we banged down that door for nine months and then miracle happened and the door opened and we just had to stay in there. And I think that's good sometimes, but also so many times your first instinct is right and it wasn't a good path and there's a reason it wasn't working and you need to try something new because your cash burn's running and the clock is running. And if you hold on to a, something you're pretty sure was a bad idea too long, you don't have a lot of time to pivot. And so I think the uh, pattern recognition is still good and actually, you know, something that I can hold on to and say, look, I've, I've been down this path a bunch. This is unlikely to change. So, you know, we can, we can play the grit game for sure. But the odds are against us, and it's probably time to move a different direction. Uh, but that is a speaking of things you live with as an entrepreneurial as an entrepreneur, it's so hard, Matt. You know, you've been investing in something, and you 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 did it for a reason. Typically, right? You didn't just make up an idea and start running that direction, right? You took in inputs, you heard what customers said, you. You talked to advisors, you you had some early looks at the data and it looked like a good thing to do. And then all of a sudden it's not really working and you have to have a really hard look at yourself. And the thing is entrepreneurs that Vanita and I have to say is, you know, uh, there's this great blog uh, by Andy Dunn, the founder of Bonobos that says uh, the basic point of it is if you're the founder of the company, it's all your fault, right? And uh, you can probably catch what he's trying to go for there, but like those decisions are on us. If we hold on to something too long and it doesn't work, we have to live with that. And we have to go uh, confront on our weekly meeting our employees and say, you know, look, this is the decision we made and it was wrong. And, you know, it's going to cost us. Uh, but it is all our fault, right? And so we own both the, the beautifulness of getting to control your own destiny uh, means you carry the weight of it. 
uh, in so much more. It's such it's such a good word. I mean, so for for a little context, Vanine, I know you asked about kind of in the pre-recording about wanting to hear a bit more about my story. So I first business was a landscaping and lawn care company when I was 15 and started it, grew it uh, until I was 21 and had a chance to sell it while I was in college, a pretty cool experience. And then um, I launched shortly after that my business today, which is called Wedge, and we've been at it for seven years or so. Um, and it's a video interviewing, uh, video screening solution in the HR tech world. So I've been through some of the joys of, you know, pivoting. I've been through the joys of the grand scheme, the massive deal that changes everything and billion dollar exits and blah, blah, blah. I've been through the highs and lows of fundraising. And, you know, it's one of those things where at the end of the day, it is all on you. And it's sort of reflecting on the fact that you're, you're, you're going to bat 10%, 20% of the time, or, you know, you're, you're not going to hit grand slams or home runs most of the time, if at all, but sort of that brick by brick mentality and, and finding a way to power through the next stage, whatever that might be, or the next big inflection point is such a key part to it. And so, you know, William, just obviously hearing you both, I want to validate and also agree because I, I, I'm living it myself too. So I think that's a good word. So highs and lows of a of a startup. I mean, goodness gracious, we could talk about that all day. But so thanks for sharing that. And and hey, you know, we're, we're, William and I are learning, you know, how to make sure that those amplitudes between the highs and lows, because you, as you know, um, that can happen all in the span of two hours in a workday. One hundred percent. Learning how to like actually balance yourself out and recognize, um, you know, sometimes how something might feel like a really big high or a really big low. Uh, when in fact it's it's your emotions and you're realizing actually it's not as high or as high or as low as you thought and so learning how to do that is a muscle that I think candidly I'm still learning so I'm really grateful for your for your feedback on that as well. Yeah, I mean I think one of the most underrated skills of all time is compartmentalization, and it's one of those things where it's like you're gonna have one day where you know you wake up in the morning, you get excited, you talk to some investors, you talk to you know you guys have a great conversation, you're all fired up then the first thing you step into is a fire. Then you lose a customer, you gain a customer, you know, you lose an employee, you gain an employee. I mean, just the, the given range of emotions during a single day of what it's like to run a company is just insane. And I mean, it to the point where it will drive you insane if you don't learn to compartmentalize or at least find sort of healthy outlets that help with that. And so that's something I, I guess, quite frankly, is a, is a good question for for William and, and Vinit, for both of you guys, you know, how have you sort of balanced the highs and lows and how have you sort of in your own personal life combated some of that stuff that, that you do experience both good and bad? Yeah, I'll take a, I'll take a, a swing at that. <laughs> you go first. Uh, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll take a swing at it. And, and um, first of all, let's just acknowledge that I, I don't have any of the answers and I'm, I'm hoping to get better at this every single day. Uh, what I, what I've learned so far is that a, a couple of things really helped me in this journey. The first is my faith. Um, you know, I start my day in the morning with with my faith, and that anchors me in reality and what I know to be true. Um, number two, I think my wife uh, has been with me for 15 years as my wife, but I've known her for 21 years, and she is my best friend and my greatest confidant. And she is uh, honestly there. There is there's nothing I could do without her. Uh, she has been such an anchor to me, and so she is the even keeled balanced person that makes sure that I remember what is true um, every day. And so I think those two are the first things that I would cite. 
Uh, number three is like, hey, you know, working out is it, we know from science just just getting our bodies to move uh, processes that stress really well. I, I knew that to be true in the Marines. I know that to be true now as an entrepreneur. And so I try to work out every morning for you know, 15, 30 minutes at a minimum. And it's some, some weeks it's three or four times a week. And some weeks it's, it's twice, um, you know, depends on the week, but I try to make it more consistent. I think that's been really helpful. Uh, sleep goes a long way. Uh, I know these are silly things, but I think as an entrepreneur, we might forget how important it is to invest in ourselves. And, and I think sleep, it, you know, it's just, you can't overstate the value of that. Um, and then finally, this is, uh, well, not finally. Actually, one more thing is that I, I, I think I have found, especially in this last year and a half with William, running is uh, one of the best ways for me to process. It'll, it prevents me from having a gadget next to me, so I can't actually work. Um, and it releases that, that stress, and I actually think a lot clearer after I run. And the last thing is I'm so dang grateful that I have William as my partner. This company wouldn't exist without us together. And when I am uh, low, he often takes a high position and vice versa. And I am just eternally grateful that I get to do it with him. I don't know how founders do it by themselves, candidly. So those are the, some of the things that I've, I think I've learned to rely on in my life to make sure I, I, we have the endurance to get to uh, the road that we're on. Yeah, uh, I'm, I don't think it's uh, probably fair to say I'm the more emotional of the two of us on average. Um, so poorly, poorly would be my answer. Um, I mean, the last thing that needs was the first thing that came to mind. I, I, I can't fathom doing this journey alone. I know there's solo entrepreneurs out there. My heart weeps for them. My cell phone is available to them. Um, call me anytime. Uh, I, I don't know how people do it. Um, partnership. Uh, I mean, gosh, it happens if not once a day, three times a week, right? Where I'm up and he's down and he's down and I'm up and, um, you, you, and, and then there's times where we're both down, right? And you can weep and lament together. And there's times when we're both up. But, but just going on this journey solo, um, I'm not going to be so bold as to say it's unwise, uh, but it's, whew, know what you're charting for yourself, you know? And if you find yourself in that situation uh, and you're listening to this podcast, make sure you have a community. Make sure you have someone uh, that is checking in on you, that, that, that can be your uh, confidant in the midst of, of this. And that's something I wouldn't have expected, right? Um, I have a lot of friends and that's, they're great, but sometimes they don't understand what's happening, right? And so to have someone in it with you to this level, um, I mean, everything Vanit said, great advice working out. And, 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 you know, my wife's a great grounding tool as well. And, um, but, but just some version of community, I think entrepreneurs um, can end up isolating themselves often, um, thinking that, you know, no one can understand and all of these things. Um, and you just, you just work and work and work. And so figuring out a way to make sure there is life outside, you cannot have your identity that closely tied to your business because inevitably that will fail you whether that's a bad quarter or a bad year or heaven forbid, of course, the company shuts down. So having your identity rooted in something that is not your business because your business will never fulfill that need in your life, even though it may be successful. You, so you may find it out now, you may find it out 10 years from now. Um, but it is very hard to decouple, you know, because as entrepreneurs, as you might imagine, Benita and I wear our shirts and wear our hats and talk about our brand all the time. We're always selling. That's the, that's the game, right? 
Um, but I have to remember that I am not my business and my business is not me. And so good. I, I don't think that's possible without people. You know what I mean? Without community, like by myself, that's exactly where I'm going to be. And if we make a big sale, I'm on top of the world. And if we don't get that sale, I'm at the bottom of the world. If we make a big hire, I'm excited. I'm happy at home. Um, and if we don't, I'm sad. So thinking really closely of, of where your identity is tied and, and who you are in the world and who you're becoming in the world and how this entrepreneurial venture is simply a part of that equation. And it's not 95% of it. Uh, yeah, I want to double click on that just really quickly is just the identity of like actually being known by someone, right? And so we both talked about our friends, we talked about our wives. Uh, William and I both between the two of us, we have five children. And so like, we're known by those people. But we also have people outside of our family relationship, or even our, uh, our company relationships that, that know us. And that's so important, because, it, you know, it, you can actually be who you are without having to perform or having to be like being afraid of being judged. And you're always performing as an entrepreneur, right? You're always trying to work out for something. And that's, that's good. But also, you need a break. You need to just be you. And so like, that's one of the things, all of, all of the things that we just talked about, the, the, the resources or the tools or the, the habits that we have to help us kind of endure this journey allows us to not perform, allows us to just be us. And that's harder to come by when you're an entrepreneur. I, guys, I wish I could uh, make up kind of the, the how, how real it is, the timing of this. I mean, you know, from my, my experience, we, we've, uh, we had a capital raise that we were working through and, uh, we had a big investor that kind of fell through and kind of working through the transitions of that and how to, you know, obviously give it your all. Um, but at the same time, you know, you go through life experiences where, you know, it, you got to give it your all, but I think William, you said it, uh, you are your business, but also you're, you're, you're a person behind all that too. And not letting, your total identity be wrapped up in what you're doing. It's it's a difficult thing. And there's definitely seasons of highs and lows. Uh, one short term little hack that I have recently started to do, uh, Vineet, I definitely have seasons of working out and I have seasons of not working out. And definitely, especially during capital raises, there's, you know, excuses for too many happy hours and, you know, you run into stuff like that. But one thing that I have found that has really helped uh, day in and day out is actually ice baths or, you know, really, really cold water. Um, and I have found in seasons of, you know, your stress, that's all, you know, stress is all you can think about just jumping into cold water in my experience has helped tremendously. It doesn't necessarily, uh, change what you're going through, but just physically what it does for your body it just kind of shakes everything up. And that has been one that I have found that's, that's uh, Vineet and William on top of what you guys have already mentioned, a big one that has helped me for sure. And well, you just made, you just made one of our... I was going to say, you just made our teammate really happy because John uh, does that pretty regularly. So yeah. he, he's going to he's going to throw it back in my face uh, after this podcast because he, he's he's very enthusiastic about that. Yeah. Uh, over one, to you, one more tra person tries to tell me tell me I should jump in a big giant water of ice. Um, I, you know, it sounds good for you, man. Hot showers are God's greatest gift to mankind. It's like a warm hug. <laughs> I just, I just, uh, I don't get it. It's a great idea for people. Um, they should, they should enjoy it. But oh my goodness, turn on the heat it is <laughs> the best way to start the morning. That's why we do hot coffee. Does anybody want a giant cold glass of tea at seven in the morning? No, <laughs> absolutely not. Coffee, warm tea, ease into the day. Um, so you do you. I'll do me a little bit. <laughs> I, lo I love it. I love it. Um, 
So let's talk more about your guys' business. So, you know, obviously I, I just reading more about you guys, I, 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 I've got a pretty good firm grasp of it, but for the audience, would love to hear the pitch. would love to hear what you guys got going on, where you're spending your time and, and kind of what's, what's the big dream of what you guys are trying to accomplish. Totally. Well, we, we are really excited about what we're building and we're the, we're building a platform where actually employers can finally do in, uh, what they want to do, which is actually personally and proactively serve every single employee, regardless of who they are, or what they do for a living. And the way we do that is actually connecting every single employee with their own guide, which is what we call our people. So they can have their own confidential conversations in an unlimited way, audio calls between them and their guides in 15, 30, 45, or 60 minute increments. So they can process whatever they want, whenever they want, uh, and really kind of unlock who they are today and who they're becoming intentionally. And what that allows the employee to do is actually be known, not for what they do for a living, but as a human being, because that's where their value resides. And you can talk about things like my marriage or my dating life or the real opportunity that sets before you about buying a house or moving. It doesn't really matter. What matters is if it's important to you in your heart and your mind, you have someone who's not in your social structure and who's not at your company that you can actually just take off the mask and be fully who you are. And so we want to provide that to every employee. And the employer benefits tremendously from that, right? Which is they can actually free up their managers and their HR teams to actually continue to drive business, which is their core function, but also to still be able to personally and proactively serve all their employees, regardless of where they're located even. And so we're doing that with Fortune 500 companies and startups and PE and VEC backed companies and insurance tech and education and frontline healthcare space. And we've already found in the, our, our experiences so far, that 97% of the employees who use our service say their well-being is actually fundamentally improved, right? 98% of them say they're actually more present and focused at work, unshockingly, because they've been able to process the things that matter to them to their guide. And so like, we're actually really excited about the impact we're having not only with the individual, but also the institutions that they're a part of. I love it. So, you know, Obviously, what you guys are offering can affect a wide range of people groups. So as far as like, the, is there a certain subset of customers you guys are targeting? Is there a certain, you know, uh, sector? Is there is there a focus? Is it broad? Kind of kind of how are you attacking, you know, tackling and taking down the market? Yeah, so that, that's a great question. I mean, here, here, here's a, a simple but like honest answer. If you have employees at your company and they're humans, we can serve them, right? Because what we're trying to do is serve the human condition, not necessarily sol solve an episodic need. There are great problems that need an episodic, very specific uh, answer. Um, we're not that, that solution. What we're trying to do is actually say, it's hard. Let's just be honest. Between the three of us here, it's hard being a human in the 21st century, right? We just got so much stuff going on. And so actually what we want to do is serve human beings. Now, to your specific question, we, we are serving employers typically with over 100 employees located in the continental United States. And we serve employers with a mixed workforce. It could be blockchain engineers or frontline healthcare uh, workers who are hourly uh, workers at the company. Uh, we, we have the flexibility and our solution uh, actually serves all those kinds of employees. Um, and our ideal customers, probably one that has over 500 employees located in the U U.S. Would you, anything you want to add to that, William? No, just if anybody's listening, you know, uh, you, you can have employees elsewhere, uh, but the main base uh, probably here for now, you know, we're still a startup. And so that's where our base is. We, we, we do serve employees and 
don't know, five or 10 other countries. Uh, so, you know, if you have a remote workforce, but um, yeah, that's where we've, that's where we've landed. And it's, uh, it's been really fun. I mean, our, our uptick rates are, are market leading, you know, we get 20 to 30% of most of these companies, uh, people using our product in, in the first six or 12 months. And um, there's, you know, there's just so much research in the world, right? I used the word confidant earlier in this interview. Uh, most research would say uh, over the last 30 years, the average person uh, used to have three confidants in their life, and, and now they have one, uh, which the way averages work, if I, if I have five, which I do, and I'm grateful, the next five people I meet probably have zero. And the confines of an organization will never allow certain conversations to happen, both because the people at that organization probably aren't trained to have some of those conversations or two, it might be inappropriate uh, to have those conversations. And three, that's not uh, really what most people are at work for or are being paid for. And so we fundamentally believe one of the secrets is that uh, you do need an outside resource such as our company um, to really be there as a support mechanism. And as more and more people are finding their purpose and meaning through their work and at work and, and their lives and communities are revolving around that, uh, we believe that option should be provided by the employer. Uh, people say, let's bring your authentic work to self. And that's an, that's an admirable goal. Um, we think we can be a really big piece into actually allowing that to happen. I love that. That's, that's awesome. Um, so obviously related to the conversation around purpose, for you two, both um, in the context of your guys' company, but also as just two individual guys who are game changers doing amazing things in life, like, what's your purpose? What What are you doing this for? What, what's the point of it? What? Uh, and again, I want to hear sort of two sides to that. I want to hear, obviously, in the context of the company, and I also want to hear um, in the context of just you guys as guys, fathers, uh, spouses, and just leaders. What does that look like? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I mean... I, as I said, I, I grew up um, on the East Coast and my parents came here when I was uh, five and I grew up in a, a blue collar family and my parents could have benefited from a service like this. My my brother and I could have benefited from a service like this. My The employers of my parents could have benefited from a service like this, but we wouldn't be able to afford it back back when we when we first got here. And um it, that I remember that. I remember that actually if my parents and we could have actually benefited from having an objective person who would journey alongside of us, it would, have, it would have made such a huge impact in my upbringing. And as I think about my time in the Marines, I think the thing that I recognize is that my personal kind of leadership style where my, my teammates knew that I fundamentally cared about them first um, because I can't accomplish the mission without them. That was harder to scale when you have a couple hundred people working for you, especially as I did in my last job, five countries. Like that's just really difficult. So, my purpose is kind of tied to this, the, what the company is doing in many ways, which is the idea that we want to help institutions fundamentally unlock their strength, which is their people, right? Institutions are just legal structures where people actually work, right? So if we can help individually serve all those employees and their families and their communities, we're going to unlock tremendous value for that individual. But also, very importantly, we're going to unlock tremendous value for that institution, and for me, I want to make sure that like our kids and our kids' kids hopefully inherit a better world. And the biggest problems that our, our world is facing right now can only be solved by institutions. 
And so we want to, very selfishly, I want to do something that actually unlocks the institution's ability to solve our biggest problems, because then our, our children, our children's children are going to hopefully inherit a better life. So that, that's, that's what's driving me. Over to William. That's a good purpose. That's a good purpose. Um, so Matt, I wrote mine down in my bio a decade or so ago, and um, you know, it kind of reads, uh, I love finding unique investment opportunities, working with people and helping them become the best version of themselves. Um, so I've been focused on that for a long time, and this is my first chance to do it at scale and in sort of an operational role. Um, and so, you know, that, that phrase best version themselves, I mean, it, it can be taken in a couple of different directions. One of my favorite people that ever talks about this is John Wooden, uh, the famous basketball coach at UCLA, wrote this amazing book called Wooden on Leadership. And he talks about how, you know, that, that was his goal with every one of his teams was just to get the best version of them. And for some of those people, so uh, if you're not a basketball fan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the all-time points leader, until the other day when LeBron passed him, you know, Bill Walton, amazing people. UCLA once won three or four straight titles, right? But he talks about how when he had Kareem, that was the expectation, right? I mean, they were the best team. He was the best player that had ever played. They were supposed to win the title, Right. And so he doesn't know if he actually unlocked the best out of Kareem because the competition was so low at that level. But he talks about this team that he thought, you know, he, he on paper said, you know, hey, we probably should have gone 10 and 22. And instead we went um, 20 and 12. And he said, that's my favorite team where I know for a fact that I was able to unlock something in this team atmosphere that transcended what they could have done alone and that transcended what I think they would have done at another school because of the way he's got this pyramid of success, the way he was able to pour into them as humans and as, and bring them together as a team. And so we really believe our products can do that. It can unlock wherever someone is on the journey of life, healthy, hurting. Um, it doesn't matter where, how can you bring that full self, that full creativity and innovation and, productivity that someone hired you for how can you bring that wholeness to your organization to unlock that value in institutions that Benit was talking about and so that's always been my mission uh, nothing as my team knows nothing's more exciting to me when a teammate calls and is working through a problem or um, is trying to figure out how to prioritize or whatever that may be how to grow um, that's just what gets me excited I love helping people think through those things and I, I've made it most of my mission in life to, to help as best as I can point people in directions that help them unlock who they are becoming and who they're meant to be. That's such a good word. Obviously, it fits perfectly with uh, what I'm trying to do with this podcast around purpose, passion, calling, and basically just hearing stories of people who are doing just that. So, guys, I, I, I can't think of two better guys to, to share that story and carry on that mission, too. So, um, uh Similar, similar vein, but at the end of the day, kind of what gets you out of bed in the morning? It's one of my favorite questions to plan because it's both a practical question and it's also uh, a, a deeper route. So, Vinit, William, for you guys, you know, what is it that ultimately gets you out of bed in the morning? Ultimately, for me, I can answer that. It's pretty easy. Ultimately, for me, my two-year-old and my four-year-old. Yep. Um, they get me out of bed every single morning, usually around 2 a.m. and 4 a.m., um, so that is the easiest answer <laughs> is what ultimately gets me out of bed. Um, more from a spiritual sense, um, you know, and it's hard. I mean, I'm gonna be honest 
when you're an entrepreneur right now and I've got three small kids, that may be the best answer I got right now, Matt, is because I have to, because the day has to begin. Uh, I try to work out in some of those things. Uh, but uh, the idea that uh, a day is here, right? I don't want to be uh, cliche, but uh, you know, you get the opportunity to live this day once, right? And um, and you're going to have an impact on the world, right? Uh, the world is different tomorrow than it is today, right? That's just facts. Um, and some small part of this world, the people I interact with, the sales we get to make, the employees I get to talk to, my coworkers I get to talk to, the people I see in uh, this co-working space, uh, this day only gets lived once, right? Um, and that's not to be pressurized because... Uh, you can have a really bad day that still impacts the world in a positive way. Um, so I don't mean, I'm not one of those rah, rah, you've got to like, you know, outwork yesterday. That's the only goal today. Right. Um, but to live, to try to be more of who you are, to try to be more of yourself each day. Um, and that's not something I do every day, but it, it's my motivation to try. And I think a lot of times we undervalue, getting to the starting line. And so mm. get to the starting line every day. Just start, start mm. trying, you know, and see where that, see where that path takes you. See, now you know why I partner with William. <laughs> the dude is, I'm awesome getting some dude. good wisdom today. That's yeah. That's, uh, he, he, he's an awesome human being. Um, it's the cheapest motivational talk I've gotten in a while. So thank you. <laughs> Oh, he, he's, he's pretty pricey, brother. Off I was about job. to say, I'm expecting the invoice in the mail. So yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think what gets me out of, out of bed in the morning, it, it, uh, this is not to be, everybody has different motivations, right? I don't mean to be cheesy or cliche. Like I, I've, I feel called to do this. I mean, ultimately, I, I mean, it's the same reason why I tried to join the Marines the week after 9-11. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, much like I had no, I, I had no idea why, why we, got into here necessarily, right? I just knew that this is something I needed to do. Um, practically, I mean, like just very tactically and practically what gets me out of, me, out, of the, out of bed every morning. I I mean, you can get very quickly lost in building a business and forget why the heck you started the thing in the first place, right? You got you just talk about fundraising and payroll and all the admin and all the things that aren't necessarily why you got into it and that could consume you. And then you forget about why you did it. For us, for me anyway, I love people, full stop. I love people. They're the most interesting, exciting things on the face of this earth. And there's so much unlocked potential and value in all of us, each and every single one of us, to do what we were made to do in many ways, to be who we're made to be, a great parent or a great sibling, a friend, a great coder or a salesperson. It doesn't really matter. Those are all manifestations of that. But the, ultimately, there's so much potential in all of us, in each of us. And I loved, and I very much love the idiosyncrasies of every single human I meet. And so my wife, Sunday and I, when we go to for a walk or we go to dinner, she just knows it's going to be longer than we were scheduling because I'm going to talk to the waiter and find out what drives them, what are their favorite foods, what what are their hobbies, because I'm just curious. I just love to hear people's story. And, and so that's what gets me up in the morning is that I get to work on something that actually helps every single individual human be individually valued for who they are, not what they do for a living. And I want to remind myself of that every single day because it's so easy to go to bed at night and to think my only value is anchored on how many sales I closed today or how many things that William and I did were able to produce for the company. 
That's not true. That's a lie. Our value is outside of that. Not, not, I'm not saying what we do during work isn't important, but that's not where our, our unique value lies. And I need to remind myself of that every single day. And that's, that's what drives me every morning is the opportunity to actually get another chance to do that, not only for myself, but for hopefully lots of people in, in the world. That, uh, both of those guys were just awesome. Seriously. Thank you. And thank you. Uh, not kidding. Thank you for the, the, the very cheap motivational talk. And I'll, I'll look forward to that invoice in the mail, but it's, uh, seriously, the, the way you guys just position yourself, the energy you guys have, it's, it's encouraging as another, another startup founder and somebody who's living this. So I appreciate it. Um, guys, so, uh, you know, as, as we kind of wrap up for folks that want to follow along with what, you know, you're, you guys got going on, learn more about the business, reach out to potentially, uh, you know, work with you guys. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you, follow along, learn more, the whole deal. Yeah. The, the easiest way for, to follow along is just look us up on, on, the, on the internet, which is uh, join www.joinparaclete.com. You can sign up there and get connected to William or I, and we can continue the conversation. You can also see us on all, all the social media sides as well. I love it. I love it. Uh, William, Vineet, anything else you guys want to leave with the audience? No, just grateful, man. Grateful for you uh, having us on. Uh, shameless plug for my podcast as well. If you do find yourself as an entrepreneur, uh, built a little community for entrepreneurs as well. Well, faith through an entrepreneur. Uh, I'm, I'm a I'm a Christian as well, so that's a big part of my life. And uh, we've been doing that podcast for five or six years. We also run eight week groups, uh, which we've had 10,000, 15,000 people go through. Um, they're all free. Uh, it's a nonprofit. Um, so if you find yourself alone and, and want to join up with eight other entrepreneurs. Uh, to do an eight-week class, and then obviously beautiful things happen. We do regional programs as well. Um, we just really care for that journey. Uh, it, it's a lonely journey that shouldn't be lonely, and that's kind of our mission at Faith Driven Entrepreneur. Uh, so yeah, uh, so join Paracletes uh, is where our business is. Uh, if somebody's listening out there that needs a needs a community and can't find one, come come check us out at faithdrivenentrepreneur.org. I love it, Vinit William guys. Thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Thank you so much for having us, brother. Really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Talk soon. You just listened to an amazing episode on the Matt Baxter Show. It had nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the guests that I have and the stories that we get to tell and the smack talking we get to have. So if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes that you've listened to, feel free to su subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Check us out at themattbaxtershow.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Matt C. Baxter, Twitter, or Facebook as well, too. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, whether it's through an email on the website or whether it's through any of the social platforms. I do my best to get back to people as soon as I can. But thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoy. Feel free to send feedback in any way. And don't be afraid to share the Matt Baxter Show. We're very excited to have you as a listener and hope you continue to listen as well. Thanks a ton. Bye-bye. <music>